Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Full 40 with Chris and Rob coming to you from Lawrence, Kansas. It's depressing <laughs> in many ways. Yeah, many layers to that. Yeah. But not about Allen Fieldhouse at all. We'll get there. Yes. But yeah, we're excited to be here with you. As excited as we can be following a loss. Fo- yeah, this is about as the best I feel following a loss in a while. As best I feel following a loss, sitting in a hotel room, in the middle of nowhere, in winter. Yes. Lots of caveats, but yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm exactly with you. right. And if you sense a little hatred on the Midwest coming from my voice, you're totally spot on. Well, I mean, it's like a neighborly Appalachia versus Midwest. Yes. The, the hatred runs deep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So... I think we got to just jump right in and talk about the game first. So this is going to be a two-part podcast. Boom. We have a ton to talk about. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. We're going to drop in two separate pods. Rob and I, though, are drinking the entire time. So we'll see how our quality degrades as it goes on. It's usually pretty low to start. Correct. And so it's, I mean, you're forewarned at this point. We, We went out and we got... We got some liquor. We got liquor in the paper bag from the local, basically, gas station, it seems. Yes. Um, Seems to be pretty delicious, though, so far. Yep. So, I think we dive right in with the game. So Let's get into it. We lose by three. Yeah. In a back-and-forth, slugfest, not-the-prettiest, ugly type of game. But a fun game, nonetheless, just because it was close the entire time. It never got more than ten. I think they were up ten at one point. And then we quickly got the lead back down to like two by halftime. A lot of back and forth, yeah. Yeah. So, and the second half was just up and down, up and down the entire time. And it looked, it was, what was interesting too is it looked like there were a number of points where I want to say either team could have broken it open. We had maybe one chance to break it open. Kansas had a few chances to break it open, but luckily we always clawed our way back. So, yeah, overall it was a great game. Yeah, I said to Rob, we were up four at one point, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, let's extend this lead. <laughs> yeah. And then they promptly scored like six on answer. Yeah, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it was also like, eh, you know, it, it could happen. It could happen, which was frankly way more than either of us thought was going to happen today. Yeah, so I think there's a little bit of a mo- of a moral victory feeling here. Obviously, we expected to lose. We've been saying that all week. We expected to lose. We expected to get blown out. Yeah. Number 1 team in the country at home in historic Allen Fieldhouse, crazy atmosphere, revenge game, the whole 9 yards. We thought this was going to get ugly, especially follow- especially with how we've looked of late. But we hung tough, and so I think that there's a little bit of salvage. There's something to salvage from this loss. Yeah, I'm definitely not one, especially the past few years, to be looking for moral victories. We've been super spoiled, obviously, but you're right. Just the way this season's gone, we like we've talked about on our other podcasts, we're definitely resetting expectations. And the fact that we were really competitive, and not competitive, frankly, my view is we actually should have won that game. The team played well enough and just didn't capitalize on the couple openings we have that we actually should have won. So look, we played well. We showed that the ceiling for this team can be to compete with one of the top teams in the country. And I guarantee you, Kansas will be one of the top teams in the country come the end of March. So we can compete. Can we win? I don't know. That's still a little bit to be determined. Our offense, the ceiling on our offense is still very limited at this point, which we'll get into. But... It was as positive as you can be from a loss in my mind. Yeah, you made a good point. Kansas tried to kind of hand us the game. Like, they weren't exactly at their best. No, they definitely weren't. Obviously, they were down as a bookie, but that wasn't even it. Like, they were missing free throws. They were missing little layups. Their fans were getting frustrated with their play. I mean, we were sitting around, and by and large, the fans were friendly and into it and, and excited, and we'll get into that a little bit. But there was definitely some frustration, a lot of groans and a lot of, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Around that you could hear around the Kansas fans. Uh, it just felt like they were giving the game away. Yeah. 
at points. And and like like I mentioned, there were a number of points that they had to really break it open, and something always went wrong. Either they did they had a turnover, bad possession, whatever it was. And we were we, part of that. We oh absolutely. Like yeah. it's not like they just totally screwed up. We were certainly contributing to it, but. They didn't capitalize when they could have capitalized. So I think some highlights from the game. So this was a big time. Big games bring out the brightest stars, and the and the stars shine brightest in these type of games. Shine bright like a diamond. That was horrible. Well, I mean, I think our fans like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, if you guys want to hear uh, more of Rob singing Rihanna, definitely. DM us and you'll get more of that. <laughs> Please do not do that. I don't want to be subject to it. Um, Vic and Lawson on their end were absolutely fantastic. Mm. And Booth and Pascal on our end were absolutely terrific, by and large. Booth was tremendous. Booth was great. They're yeah. all agree with you. Pas- Pascal left a little bit to be desired. Can we talk about Lawson for a hot minute? Oh my god, this Lawson, guy is, is this guy is unbelievable. Lawson belongs absolutely on the Memphis 2008 team of men. He is a man. He is a man. That guy, I, I was turning around to the Kansas fans, and I'm like, I don't understand why you guys don't go to him every single possession. So he had, what, 29 points or something like that? Right. And I said to you after the game, I was like, look... Most people would look at that and say, oh, man, you let Lawson have 29 points. I looked at it and was like, ah, he had 29 points. Like, we did pretty well covering him because, honestly, I felt coming into this game, they could have dumped it into him every single possession, and he could have scored, like, 45. Yeah, no, He's very good. I think the, I think the, average, the avid fan would say, with the exception of a handful of really bad lapses, like there was a couple times where he got the ball, like, basically in the circle. Yeah. And you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. um, but aside from those handful of lapses, I would actually say that our strategy was to deny him the ball. Yeah. So that's why they didn't go to him as much as they could. And then he had some He had some that were off of free throws. Yeah. So um, Vic was just in- incredible. The kid is just absolutely in fuego from deep he had he had some of those shots too where like his form was just beautiful and you you have to hope he called kobe on it right because it was like one of those some of those just step, step back, back yeah, fade away hand in the face just but but the shot looked beautiful oh my god yeah i know no the, the kid is just on fire and he's been on fire the entire year yeah and he is a big reason why they've won yeah. he single-handedly won them some games and between him and Lawson, they won. He won. They won them that game today. Oh, it was it was the two of them. Dotson had a little bit, and nobody else. Yeah, literally that nobody was it. else. That was it. Which, they couldn't do anything when the offense was going through others. No, not at all. And I guess the same could be true if with, with us. So you had you had Phil, you had Pascal, Gillespie was involved. He was rough shooting the ball. Oh, that was as bad as I've seen him shoot the ball. Which, yeah, it's really, it's pretty uncharacteristic I for mean, Collins. he was one of seven. If he sh- plays more to his average, he'd be like three of seven. And, and we, we win. win the game. We win, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. It, no, and, and, and I'm not blaming it on him. No, no, not at all. Look, the, the shots just weren't falling tonight, unfortunately, for three. You're right. If he hits two of those, we absolutely win. If he hits one of those, obviously that would imply a tied game. But a couple of those misses came during that pivotal stretch kind of midway through the second half where things slowed down for us and we could have absolutely stemmed some of the Kansas momentum, which could have 100% shifted the game. I agree. Just didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So so that said, like, my takeaway, I actually, on Colin in particular, yeah, he missed the shots from three. The shots are going to fall for him later in the year. Most of the shots he took were good shots. Like, the shot selection was good. They will fall. The decisions he made broadly throughout the game were good ones, I thought. Right. So when I he was... got too far in, he, he still does that thing sometimes where he gets too far in the lane and then has to get confused and doesn't know what to do. Although we want to come, I want to come back to that, the jump stop thing. Yeah. Because we're doing the jump stop and we're getting back to that offense that we used to see last year, but there's something going on with that. I want to come back to that in a second. It sounds like a lot of X's and O's to me, Chris. I know we're usually not that good at this, but I think we have. I think we have a point here. Okay, um, I'll let you make one point. Yeah, but I do want to say that um, that every time he went to the cup, he either he rarely got blocked. He either scored or got fouled. So he was making pretty good decisions. I thought so. Yeah, and Booth was making good decisions, and Booth was playing really well. Booth, oh, 
quick take on Booth. So I wanted to introduce the concept of the Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week. Yes. The Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week this week has to be Phil Booth late in the game, through the lane. Oh my goodness. Ferocious. Throw it down, Phil. Uh, I loved it. So he he gets my vote for Man Play of the Week. Yeah, that was tremendous. I loved it. Um, Given how much we're talking about Gillespie, Pascal, and Booth. Yeah. The bench had did nothing. Literally zero points. Wait, bench? What's, what's that? What's that? <laughs> yeah, we had one. Oh, we, d- oh, that's news to me. Yeah, shockingly, God, we had oh. a bench. I didn't realize, but yeah, oh, no, Cremo, Cremo so couldn't get a shot up. So I mean, this is actually somewhat kudos to their scouting report and kind of a comment to Jay to not like. I, I don't know why they don't stack like uh, several picks to get Cremo an open look, but they couldn't get Cremo go, and he took zero shots. Yeah, I mean, he got the ball. They were on him, like, white on rice. Oh, yeah. They, they were just a blanket on Cremo the moment he touched the ball. It didn't matter how far away from the cup he was. They were on it. And I was actually, I said to you before the game, I was like, oh, I'm pretty pumped about Cremo. He has the face mask off. Yes. We're like, breakout game. Yeah. Joe Cremo, he's yeah. coming back. And then literally nothing. No, they were up on they were up in his grill the entire time. It they, was. When he was on, when he was on the floor, they were up on him. Yeah. And the same could not be said for our defense on Vic, where the scouting report on Vic has to be, don't let the guy get anywhere near an open look. Yeah, he got Every time he got an open look, he hit it. <laughs> Maybe with one exception. And that exception, the ball came back to him, and then <laughs> he hit so a step bad. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. We're like, oh, we missed it. Like, he missed a shot. Came right back. Like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. Just, you get a lucky break, and uh, it'll make you pay for it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference between... I mean, there's a lot of differences between Kansas and Villanova right now. But I think that was the biggest difference is when they made mistakes, we capitalized on it occasionally. When we made mistakes, they almost always got mm. points. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swider had minimal time out there. Yeah. Right? Quinterly and Slater, DNPs for both. I guess yeah. that's not that surprising. Yeah. Um, and then and then Samuels couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. I know he had a couple. He had a couple open looks. Would have been nice for him to hit those. He was also, you know, it seems to be he is more or less the backup five at this point. Dada comes out, Samuels comes in. He had the non, the unenviable job of trying to cover Deidre Glosson as, you know, as we've said before, when Samuels is basically a natural three. So right. good luck with that. He, he tried. I'll say admirably. Obviously, Lawson pretty much got the better of him every single time, yeah. as you would expect. So, I mean, all in all, I don't think your defense was terrible. There were some lapses we talked about. I don't think your defense was yeah, horrible. I'm not too upset with it. Yeah. The offense is fucking awful. It's not good. Yeah. It is, it is not good. And so we talked about the jump stop, so I want to touch on this. Our guys are getting into the lane. The jump stop is, like, maybe of all the programs in college basketball, if you had to associate one with jump stops, it's Villanova. <laughs> no one else has, has yet to do that analysis, but we're going to assert that yeah. we are the primary jump stop school in the country. Uh, yeah, I don't think there could be an argument. <laughs> it's probably true. Right? Except last year's team and the years past, when the team would get in the lane on a jump stop, they had options because the team rotated without the ball to create options. This is the point I was telling about yeah. before. Colin and others would get in the lane on a jump stop, and then we'd be on one side of the hoop, and there was no rotation down to give an outlet. Yeah, yeah. To give ro- so you can't pass it right back out. Yeah, so there was no space to, to think, because what happened is the defense collapses as the guy drives the lane. You come to a jump stop, then you can pivot and make a move. That's the thought process is it allows you to pivot and make a move and make a play from anywhere, whether that's up fake and then and then maybe draw a foul and go yeah. to the hoop, whether that was Jalen Brunson last year doing a post move and, and getting a shot, whether that was Brunson last year passing out to an open shooter. <laughs> common theme, Brunson, yeah, Brunson, common Brunson. Theme, Brunson. <laughs> um, whether it was Archie Diacono doing the same thing. That was a common theme. The reason why the jump stop is not working this year, largely, I mean, obviously, diminished talent. Yeah, 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 diminished talent. But there's no rotation there's going there. Yeah, to it go on. several times yes. this game. Yes, Where we were sitting there, the guy comes to a jump stop, he looks at... He, He's met by trees. Yes. Looks out for a pass, and there's no, no one. one there. No one there, and that's happened. That's happened throughout the entire and look, season. And I don't know why. I don't know why this game was the time where it was like dawned on me that like where is the rotation? 
And, he, and maybe for some of our more avid listeners, they're probably like, oh yeah, no shit, that's happened every game. Well, as we've asserted, Chris and I aren't the X's and O's expert, but it seemed obvious, obvious to us today in the stands too. Yeah. So something's got to change there. Right. There was times where we got trapped. It wasn't even a jump stop. We got trapped. No. And, and, then, and, yeah. and then there wasn't like a rotation to help him. Yeah. And so that caused a lot of turnovers and a lot of empty possessions. And offensively, like forgetting the missed shots. I can live with missed open looks. Absolutely. I mean, they're college kids. I mean, and last year you hit every open look it felt like. Yes. But I could deal a little bit with a missed open look. I can't deal with the fact that the team is not helping and coming up with no shots. Yeah. How many pos- how many possessions I felt like ended with zero shots? Too many. Way too many. And it's just a, what you can't do that in Allen Fieldhouse against the number one team in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now that said, to your point on missing open shots, as we mentioned earlier, there were a number of possessions where we just straight up missed open three pointers where. I feel like normally they would have gone down. So, again, the jump stop and the rotations, not the total end of the world, but absolutely contributing to what we saw today. Yep. And so, I mean, I think that's pretty much the analysis on the game. I mean, we did a good job so. in the we did a good job in that last minute of tightening the game up a little I was bit. Pre- so, yeah, quick quick hot take, not hot take at all. Quick take on that. I was actually pretty impressed with that last minute. We were down by a not insignificant amount, and the coaching and the players' execution was actually really good in that last minute, and we had a couple opportunities to actually get it super close, even tie it, and it just it just didn't quite happen, but I, I really actually liked how that last minute played out, because frankly, I thought when we got into it, I was like, oh god, this is going to be another one of these where we foul every time, and we still end up losing by 10. Agreed, and look... The one thing tier two is one reason why I'm taking a little moral victory from this is our guys did not look rattled in the light in the slightest. No, agreed. And I'm telling totally you, I, we'll get back to it a little bit, but that atmosphere should have rattled. Crazy. Yeah. So I think that there's something to be said for hanging tough in that environment in a revenge game in a during a season that's been going a little bit south. Yeah. So given what happened in the game, we're now eight and four. Yikes. And I mean, <laughs> that, that's not great. I mean, we wanted to talk about where do we go from here. And I mean, in the immediate term, the UConn game, neutral site at MSG, is now a must win in a week. That's so frightening to think about that we're saying there's a must win game in the middle of December at against any, UConn. Well, at any point in time in the season, there's very few games in the last five years That's true. where we've had to say, this is a must win. We have to have this. Yes. Maybe you could argue the Providence game in the Big East tournament last year we had to have to make sure that we got on that one line. Yeah, but that's like, it's a must win to get a one seed. Right. Like, right. again, you're, right. you're splitting hairs at that point. This is, when we're saying this is a must win game, this is like a must win game in order to be really credible as a tournament level team. Yes, that's yeah, exactly right. Like, yeah, you heard it here first, and I'm sure you probably you probably could have figured it out. You probably yourself. thought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we don't win the UConn game and go to eight and five, Woo. right? Then we have a lot of homework to do in a down year in the Big East to make the tournament. Like, it would require basically a 13-14 win. Big East season to make the tournament. And, and if you think we're exaggerating, just do the math. Because that would mean if we lose at UConn, we have eight wins going into Big East. If you win 13 games... You're at 21. Which is not good. Right, right. And it's 13 and 5. Like, which, which, to be clear here, like the Big East in the last several years has been good because there's a lot of really good teams. Yeah. Right? This year, it's, it's not as good because there's no really good teams. Right. But there is also a higher floor in the Big East this year because DePaul is not bad. DePaul's not the bad. Struce the Struce. The Struce was loose. The Struce is loose. If you don't know who, his name is Max Struce. Just Google him. He had a highlight reel dunk this week. Right. He's their best player. Look out for him come January 2nd. The Struce will be loose. Yes. So, like, essentially, you're not going to have any easy games. There's no easy outs in the Big East. No. Right? Theoretically, there's a couple games at home, although we're 
it's cursed. Oh, the the fin is cursed. The fin is cursed. I want to go back to calling it the pavilion. I think we should start the, the Ooh, petition. Ooh, I like it. I want it to be called the pavilion. I like it. I'm all for it. I don't like that it's called the fin. I don't like making a reference to like some other person's name. And you know what? You know what happened the last time we referenced another person's name on the pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Carell made a movie about him. <laughs> not yeah. not good things. Not yeah. good things. Bill Finneran, we're watching you. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> Very dark. Yeah. Again, so, guys, a couple drinks in here. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> preview of where this podcast is going. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um, we're eight and four. Yukon's a must win. Let's just say we win. Nine and five. Okay. You still gotta win like 11, 12 games in the big east. To, to feel good about the tournament. Yeah. 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 Did not expect to be having this conversation. Yeah, no, we did not. We we predicted, <laughs> what did we predict? Undefeated up until this game, I think is what we had said. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. That's correct in that we predicted that. And it was a very bad prediction. <laughs> not, or, or not great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so this brings up an interesting point, And it's something that's been kicked around on Twitter a little bit. It's it's that people are saying. Yeah, people are saying. People are saying. <laughs> We're saying. Yeah. Is that okay? So we're having a season that's suboptimal. Yeah, I think that's obvious. <laughs> it, it, look, it's not. I wouldn't say it's suboptimal. We're not national championship caliber. No, whereas, we're not. We never were going to be. Whereas basically the past four years, we always had a hope or a thought of hey. If things go our way... This Final Four National Championship yes. is not out of the realm of possibility at all. Totally agree. Yes. That's it. This year, no, not the case. But we weren't saying that to begin with. But we immediately reset our expectations, yeah. too. Right? Like, we were thinking Sweet 16 Elite 8 type team, maybe you sneak in to the Final Four if you get hot in the tournament. Yeah. But, like, we're not expecting that at all. Right. Like, we're thinking Sweet 16 Elite 8 might be the, the, the absolute ceiling on this team. Now, unfortunately, we're talking about making a tournament at all. Right? Ooh, Ooh. heebie-jeebies. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Yikes. I don't know. What, I don't like that. Yikes. But it brings up an imp- important point about minutes allocations. Right now, Jay mm. is leveraging, obviously, Booth and Pascal a ton. And there's no question that they deserve that. And then, and then after that, it's really Colin and Dada and Bay. I mean, basically what you said is the starters, he is leaning heavy on the starters. Right, and he's cut his rotation almost to like seven and a half, eight already. And the difference is, again, last year, yes, there was a starting five. Then there was Dante DiVincenzo, who played starter minutes. And then you had, and when we say starter minutes, he basically played almost the exact same minutes as the guys who started the game. Right, he just couldn't start six people. Right, exactly. Great problem to have. He should do that more often. <laughs> hey, Jay, got some advice for you. But obviously what you're seeing this year so far is that he's leaning on those five. And then you're right. He likes to run eight. He clearly has his eight at this point. But the the three off the bench, the minutes they get are very pretty significantly game by game and tend to be pretty low, actually. Yeah, Correct. The question is, should Jay, if we're going to lose anyway, <laughs> right? If we're going to lose oh. anyway, right? It's a sucky thing to say. No, no, no. It, it's not if we're going to lose anyway. If we're not going to win a national title. No, I wouldn't even go that far. If okay. we're not going to be, if we're not going to be Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, good. Okay. Right? And the best we're hoping for is to get into the tournament, maybe win a game or two. Yikes. Ooh. Right? Why not leverage minutes down to the younger guys who are going to be, in theory, a part of a core unit of players who could compete to be national championship level good in the next year or two, right? And that's really the question, right? Quinterly obviously has had his struggles. Slater doesn't see the floor at all. But, like, why not more minutes for Swider? Mm -hmm. Why not get 5 to 10 at least a game for Quinterly, even if he's not playing well? Yeah. Why not integrate Slater or announced publicly that he's got a red shirt. Yeah. Right? And I guess the simple answer is you play to win the game. Right. You play to win the game, and I don't disagree <laughs> with that. But it's as, just kind as of her, one of those Edwards things. Is like, you play to win the game. Of course. Of course. And there's no one who's going to argue that Pascal and Booth haven't earned their time on the floor, right, over years of experience in multiple national championships. Yeah. But the question there is, is – I think the question's a fair one, is looking to the future – given that this year is kind of like a, like a rebuilding carryover type year, 
do you do you emphasize the younger players a little so, bit more to get them experience so that in the following years you're working with seasoned players and not rookies? So I think the answer to your question depends on kind of when Jay hits the point in his mind of, I know exactly what the ceiling of this team is. My hypothesis is that Jay is sitting there saying, I see things I like, and I'm still optimistic on where this team can go when they start to put it together. Therefore, I want to put the guys on the floor that give me the best chance to win. I, yeah, and I get that. And there's, there's no question. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving up on the team in the slightest. Yeah. I think this team can still be a Big East, like Big East champion type team. This team should absolutely still win the Big East. Yeah, like you got Marquette, who's pretty good. You got St. John's, who's pretty good. You got every team. The shittier teams are better, but like it's one of those teams where it's like it's one of those years where it's like you sh- we should still win. We still have the talent on the roster to win. Yeah. So, I I guess it says like where do we go from here? I just think it's a question. I think it's a question worth asking. I, I think it's a question worth asking. I just don't think there's. I don't think you can give a legitimate answer to that question quite yet. I think you give it. Certainly the UConn game, you give it a couple games into the Big East, and then, depending on how those things go, Jay may start to change things around a little bit based on his own expectations. I think, you're, I think you're right. Look, you got two and a half weeks of practice with one game in between. Yeah. And I think that that's critical. That that time off is going to be critical. Like, obviously, there's going to be a little bit of break, and yeah. the guys will come back. But, like, there's going to be a lot of practice and a lot of time for these guys to improve. Yeah. And so I think that that's a key point, and I think we'll go we'll go from there. One quick note, I think we just got to mention an epilogue to the JQ story, is that he apologized. Everyone saw it. Um, Actually, like basically right after, so we did our podcast. Yeah, it was almost like simultaneous. Like there was a, a a Philly news article about it that like he had apologized internally, and then. Boom. He came out, boom. There was actually like an Instagram apology or whatever format it was. Yeah. It came out. Yeah. I'm it very seemed, sorry. It, yeah, it seemed very hard. No, it honestly seemed heartfelt. And <laughs> there was no mention of hacking. Yeah, yeah, no mention of hacking. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> but but look, I think I think the situation is resolved and I'm I'm actually hopeful, and I said this on the last podcast. That I think that the boil over of frustration could actually be a positive in that it'll allow the air to clear and things to move on. Sometimes it's like that. Like I, I don't know. People get into fights. And remember Absolutely. in high school. Remember in high school, like guys are get into a fight and then like and then like two weeks later they're actually like hanging out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's so it's one of those things where the frustration boils over. You get it off your chest, and now all of a sudden, every, the parties can all move on. You were both thinking about it, but just didn't say it. Now everybody said it. I'm sure. Like we said on, on our quick podcast, I'm sure there was a a great heart-to-heart conversation that happened in right. Jay's office. Right. It was probably not pretty, but everything's on the table at this point. We saw JQ today. He was out there. He was warming up with the team. He was involved. Certainly, he wasn't on the floor. Didn't expect him to be. <laughs> no, no, no. He was definitely not no, seeing the floor. No, he was not playing. Delaney was ahead of him <laughs> yeah. today. I think I think Painter would have been ahead of him today, to be honest. <laughs> hey, Painter shouts... Congrats on the transfer. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's, he's got his, you know, best of luck to him, but whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so look, I, I think the outcome of that is about as good as we had hoped for. That's kind of what we were looking for on our short pod. We said we want a bit of a reconciliation. We think this is a great opportunity. That was almost verbatim what Jay said. This is a great teaching opportunity. Hopefully he's just not blowing smoke up the media's ass. I don't think he is. Because yeah. you and I came to the same conclusion that like, this is actually a, a learning opportunity for a 20-year-old kid, so let's make the most of it. So fingers crossed that everything works out. We, we, want, JQ to, we want JQ to succeed. Period. We're better if he is successful. We're better. And, and look. And even for, even for, for the him kid. As, for even him as a for person. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no question. No like, question. Hey, look, I'm in the mindset, like, everybody on this team, just because of the team they play for, I'm here. I'm going to try and support you. So... We want him to succeed. We want this team to succeed. So glad he made the apology. Hopefully the locker room hopefully the locker room is like there's not an issue there. Yeah. Fine. And with that, we're gonna take a little bit break yeah. and we'll be back in under a minute. Hello everyone, it's Chris from the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. 
Just want to give a special shout out to our official podcast partner, which is Nova Insider. Check out their website, NovaInsider1985.com. They got some awesome gear. Also, look out. We're going to do a special collaboration with them for a full 40 podcast t-shirt brought to you by Nova Insider. Look out for them. They got a lot of awesome stuff coming down the pike in the very near future. Stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. And as always, let's go Nova. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Full 40, Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. We're more excited, at least I'm more excited to be back in the second half. I'm three drinks yeah. in right now. Yeah, now, now we're several drinks in, <laughs> and we get to recap for you. And we'll tell, tell you a little bit about this trip and everything that we've seen. This is more fun. Yeah. Yeah, no question, right? I don't want to talk about losses. I don't want to talk yeah, about yeah. we're a bubble team in the NCAAs. No. I don't want to talk about no. the drama going on with JQ. I want to talk about fun shit. Yes. And the fun shit is that we're here in, well, I guess it's less fun. <laughs> Lawrence kind of blows. Yeah, Rob keeps calling it Lawrenceville. <laughs> it should be Lawrenceville because it's like small and nothing. Yeah. I hate Kansas. <laughs> I'm going to, Kansas sucks. I had never been to Kansas before and... I was like, ah, you know what? I'll give Kansas Kansas a chance. No. My impression of Kansas is Kansas is Kansas. There are a lot of cornfields. There's basically not yeah, anything going on us, here. Someone asked us, how is Kansas? And we said Kansas-y. It's Kansas-y. Yeah. Like, imagine Kansas. That's what Kansas is. Yeah. But you, anyway, you saw Wizard of Oz. That's Kansas. But anyway, like, let, let's talk a little bit. So, I mean, getting here was a disaster. It was a nightmare. We had a 2.40 flight on Friday. And we got we boarded on time. Yes. And we're all thinking, okay, this is going well. Yeah. We gonna back up from the gate. We're on the runway. We're sitting on the runway. <laughs> and then the captain City. comes on, a pilot pilot, whatever. Pilot comes on and he's just like captain. I called him captain. <laughs> the pilot comes on and he's just like, Hey, so we have a nav issue. We're gonna try rebooting it. And I'm just thinking like, what are you like? Going into task manager, like control alt delete, and then like <laughs> is your like, ways broken? Yeah, and then like restarting. <laughs> like what? What does that even mean? So he's like, just give us five minutes and we'll get back to you. So like we're just sitting on the runway. Five minutes later, he's like, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta go back to the we're gate. Fucked. We gotta go back to the gate, and then <laughs> this is good. This and is then good. we're like, okay. So let's just go back to the we'll game. And then we just sit there for like another 20 minutes. At least 20 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it seemed pretty straightforward. We need a fix. Yeah. Let's go back. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, we got to find a gate. I'm like, There's, I see gates. I see gates. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it. Do you need help? Yeah. We'll help you find one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, so we go back. So we go back to the gate, and then they're like, okay, we're going to have the maintenance guy come on real quick yeah. and check it out. And the maintenance guy comes on and is immediately like, this whole system's fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Get off the plane. So the, so the pilot's just like, hey, everyone get off. Yeah. So we get off, and then it's now, it's like, what, like 3.30? It's like 3.30, yeah. So that whole fiasco was like an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's 3.30. We're now, we're now back where we started. Yeah. And they're like, okay, the flight's now going to depart at 5. We're like, all right, whatever. There's other flights leaving, so we go and put ourselves on a standby list for like a 4.30 flight. Yeah. Good backup. As one would. Yeah. And and then we get the notification that's going to leave at 5, and we're like, you know what, 4.30 and 5 o'clock, who cares? Nothing. It's different. a different terminal to get over there. Yeah. So whatever. Boy, that was an interesting decision. So we walk up, and we're basically like, okay, so what exactly happened that you moved this to 5? And like, oh, yeah, we need a new plane. We haven't identified that plane yet, and we don't know where it's going to come from or whatever. We just put 5 just for the hell of it. You can't do that. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's re- absolutely ridiculous. We don't have a plane. We don't have a flight crew for you. Right. Oh, yeah. The pilot and everyone else is gone. Went home. But somehow you're going to take off in an hour. Nope. Dump. Not buying that one. So anyway. So anyway. So, 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 we, so we were like, all right, let's order some, some quick snacks. We'll get some dinner. So we sit down at the bar. We order some French fries. We have French fries. I order a Bud Light. Yeah. All this good stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden our, our buddy, our buddy Rob, shout out to him. He's like, hey. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. You're number one and two on standby for the 4.30 flight. And you're definitely going to get in. You're definitely going to get in. So all of a sudden, I dump my fries into like a to-go tray. <laughs> yes. Right? I have a glass bottle of Bud Light. And we're literally 
running bags in tow, food in tow, because I'm not giving up French fries. If, <laughs> if you know me, you know I'm not wasting French fries. Chris is like, this is an amazing scene. There's an open Bud Light bottle in his hand, this like half-closed box of French fries. I want to say we're running, but it's more like we're scurrying through the airport. <laughs> we're scampering. We're scampering. Scampering, we're scampering we're through LaGuardia. Yeah. From Terminal C to Terminal D. It was a solid 15-minute scamper. Hitting people with our bags and <laughs> shit, like yelling back like, sorry. There was an old like, man we kind of like pseudo-ran over on the people mover. It wasn't uh, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. We're like, excuse me, and it doesn't move. Yeah, it's like, eh. We're like, eh. Yeah. More, That's more his more own damn on. fault. <laughs> but anyway, we get there. We made the flight. We made the flight. Yeah. So we get the car. We drive out to Lawrence. Yeah. As you would imagine, it was K- Kansas. The drive out here was kansas Yeah. It took us about an hour. The, you know you're in a pl- place with no traffic when the amount of miles is greater than the minutes it's going to take to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so It was a quick drive. Yeah. So we get out here, check in. Yeah, hotel's nice. Yeah, hotel's so, nice. No bed bugs. No, yeah. Unlike no the bugs. G League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The G League hotels, bed bugs. We don't yeah. have bed bugs. No, there's no bed bugs no that bed I know bugs. about. <laughs> we'll find out on, on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got bites all over my leg. Oh, my goodness. So, so my, then we, my we, wife would like throw me. We out. then decide to take an Uber and we go to a burger place. And on the Uber ride there, the Uber driver's like, "Oh, I like this place that you're going to, but it's a little bit expensive for my taste." And this is how you know we're in Kansas because we sit down at said burger place and the burgers are like eight bucks. The Kobe beef burger was ten and a half. Was ten and a half. <laughs> but it was just kind of like a funny thing. It's like coming from New York, like. I haven't had a non-fast food burger for less than $8, like, in the last, like, five years. Oh, you've paid single digits? I have not paid single digits. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so things are a little bit cheaper out here. It's, it's really nice. We like it a lot. So, we go out, have a couple beers. It's fun. We have a good night, etc. We come back. Pretty low-key. I will say, our impression on Friday night, the students had finished all finals at this point. So right. They're not around. They're not broadly around though there were more at the game today than we expected yeah because of friday our expectations were lowered and then but all of a sudden today it was incredible so should we transition to to yeah, alan so, so let's talk about alan yeah so we gotta talk about alan so we so we wake up in the morning we come over we go over to alan fieldhouse games at 11 a.m local which super early but obviously. you wouldn't know it based on the atmosphere yeah. So so I will say this. So Chris has been on this kick about like we're going to the Mecca. This is Fog Allen Fieldhouse. This is where basket you like it? You like my Chris voice? This is Fog Allen Field. This is where basketball is created. I'm kinda like, yeah, this is cool. Like whatever, we're gonna see a good game. I'm excited about that. It was super cool. Yeah. It was super cool. Okay. I will be the first to admit. So my Very expectations, cool. as Rob so eloquently put it, were <laughs> sky high. <laughs> Coming into this experience, yeah, I was jacked up yes. to come here. I was not I, I, honest to God's truth. I'm as big a Villanova basketball fan as they come. I was not. I, I actually the game was secondary for me to coming to Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, I you, wanted to see Allen Fieldhouse. You wanted to get there at 9 a.m. The game's at 11 local again. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, what the fuck are we gonna do for like two hours? Yeah. Turns we, out... We got there at 9.30. We got there at 9.30. The doors opened at 9.30. It was a great hour and a half. It was terrific. Yeah. Right? So so you go in the Allen Fieldhouse, and they have a shrine to their history. And their history, in many respects, is intrinsically the same as college basketball history. Really cool. Yeah. So we saw a lot of deflated basketballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And basketballs used to be, like, have the same, like, like leather as the uh, football. Yeah, and have the same, like... Kind of stitching. like seal, the seal, yeah, 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 yeah. stitching, yeah. Right. So that was interesting. I don't yeah. know how the hell you'd shoot like that. <laughs> you know, shoot, dribble, like oh, dribbled off to the side, like bounce away. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it was a shrine. It was funny. We sat there and watched their uh, oh my god, their 2018 so Final Four run video. Yeah, so they have this highlight video running like all the screens. Which the highlights mysteriously ended after their Duke game. So we were sitting there, we were totally gonna troll it. We were going to do we were we watched through the Syracuse highlights, we watched the Duke game highlights, we're ready there, camera in hand, to be like, here is us with the Villanova low lights of Kansas, but the video just cut off. Yeah. Rightfully. So. <laughs> Rightfully. So. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Um, so anyway, Shrine, that was awesome. We Super spent like cool. a couple minutes there. 
And then we walked into the arena itself, yeah. which you have to go through their shrine to go into their arena. And the first thing that struck me is that for such a big program with such attention around it, as fans, you actually had a lot of freedom of movement. Oh. Like, we got to walk up straight up to the court. Yes. In several occasions, there was one point where, like, I mean, we put it on Instagram, at the full 40, check us out on Instagram. Yeah. Like, we went to, right up to our guys. We and were, we Phil were, Booth ran right by us at yeah, one point. Yeah, no, I mean, we were, I kid you not, probably six feet away from our guys shooting the corner three. Yeah. And nobody cared. No. It was I'm awesome. Sitting there, and I'm sitting there, a security guy standing there, and I'm waiting for the security guy to be like, sir, you gotta leave. Yeah. No, it was fine. It was, yeah. It was really cool experience, and... and like, I, I gotta be honest with you. Like, so, I, I've said this before. I'm a Yankee fan. I know that's upsetting to some people. But, like, in the old Yankee Stadium, you used to walk out of the uh, concourse and into the field area where the seats are. And you get a little bit of a chill. Yeah. Right? Same experience walking out and onto the floor at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. There is something about the building itself. Like, Jay Billis said it has a soul. I kind of get that. Like, there's something, like, just truly, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm actually here feeling about Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And and for somebody who doesn't have that, like, as much kind of spiritual connection to it, from a, a just objective fan perspective, the seating, the views, everything was amazing. We were pretty close to the top of the arena, and you could tell, basically... There wasn't a bad seat in the house. Everywhere you looked, it just felt close. It was basically like if you've been to the Palestra, it was almost like a scaled-up version of the Palestra. Yeah, the Palestra on steroids. Exactly. And it was like if you wanted to redesign the pavilion, you would scale down Fog Allen Fieldhouse and you'd have a great venue. The yes. sight lanes were phenomenal. Everything was spaced appropriately. There were tons of concessions. Like it just the acoustics, which we'll get to in a hot minute, were unreal. Just great all around experience. Look, if you're a listener on this podcast, here's honest advice: if you are a college basketball fan, you must go to Allen Fieldhouse. Oh, it does not disappoint. I'll caveat that: if you're a college basketball fan, go to Fog Allen Fieldhouse for a good game. Yeah, no. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I wouldn't go to see, like, Kansas play Little Sisters of the Poor. Yeah. But, like, not worth it. Kansas playing any sort of team that is somewhat competitive, you gotta go. It's it, pretty cool. It was incredible. It was really fun. Like, yeah. it, it, again, if you're going to make the trip, find when they play a great team here because it'll be a great atmosphere. Any Big 12, any Big 12 game will work because usually all the Big 12 games are good and they're, they're kind of got good, rivals yeah. with pretty much almost all of those teams. All right. You should, gotta go. Should we talk about... The student section, because oh my God. you and I are also very partial to the student section, and we obviously have a history trying to motivate the Villanova student section. We all know Jay's ongoing lie about Villanova having the best student section, the best fans in the country. I can tell you for a fact, having been to Fog Allen Fieldhouse, Villanova does not have the best student section and does not have the best fans in the country because the experience and the fans and the students at Fog Allen were unreal. Yeah. The students, the traditions, everything about it, the band, and look, the this, dance team, look, this everything. Isn't, this isn't a Kansas podcast, but it was pretty fucking cool. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm sucking the Jayhawk right now. <laughs> And I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'm a huge college basketball fan. This was just the pageantry. Everything about it was incredible. The student section was phenomenal. Yo, so they have students on both sides, same size, rel relatively speaking, yeah. student sections. Yep. Right? Kind of like Wells Fargo. They know how to they, – they're just so organized. Free throws. They have like a handful of different things that they do for free throws, and they're all together. It was crazy. If we have any students listening to this, this is what you can aspire to as, like, the be-all, end-all. Yeah. So they had, like, three different options, right? Yeah. The general wave, like, sure. that all that our students do. Yep. Right. Then they have then they have this thing where they, like, all kneel down and, like, pound the floor, like, like almost like a drum roll type of thing. And then, like, sporadically, like, a handful of people will just jump up. Yeah. And it looks like it's, like intentional is who's jumping up when 
Crazy. But it's just like jump, 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 jump. And then as a person's about to throw it, there's a couple more. And it's just like I'm looking at it and I'm paying attention to the students, not even the free throw. Yeah. Right? It was so crazy. It is insane. And then there's one thing where they basically make like a referee's travel. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the rolling. Yeah, rolling. the rolling yeah, yeah. thing. And I'm sitting there too. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't know how these guys shoot a free throw like this. It was really impressive. Yeah. Then all the traditions mm. that they have, like uh, the rock. So, oh, so, so you yeah, and, the you rock, and, chalk, yeah. Jayhawk, so, KU. So you, you and I had, had talked about this between us before going out here. We're like, I think we were most excited about hearing the rock chalk. It was really cool. Yeah. It, it absolutely was, lived up to the bill. It was chilling. It was absolutely yeah. chilling. Yeah, so I, and, and, and the thing is, too, it's not the difference is it's not just the students. No. The whole arena. There was there was a, a couple cheers they did where it went around the arena kind of segment by segment or quarter by quarter. And yeah, there was everybody. one that was like rock, chalk, J, hawk, go, K, U, woo, woo. Hey, I love the woo. Yeah, the the, woo, che- the, the cheerleaders che- just held up an exclamation point, and everybody went woo. It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, the the environment was was pretty awesome. Outstanding. The 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 music that they were playing, the acoustics were terrific. Yo, I gotta say, so, DJ 007 says he, he loves, loves his job. Not compared to this guy. This guy. This guy was. Killing it. Yeah, I have to. I will. I will readily admit, the music was so good to start the second half. I found myself jumping. jumping. Yeah, Rob's sitting there. It's like jumping with the KU fans. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, it's just so good. Yeah, it just there's so over. much. And frankly, because we were in the game, and the second half hadn't started, I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, right. it was pretty exactly awesome right. though. There's something about the atmosphere there that just it draws you in. It almost made us forget about the game a little bit as we were playing it. Because you're just focused on so many things. Because the atmosphere is overwhelming. It's terrific. They have a great thing. Also, one thing that needs to be said, like, and I usually wouldn't say this, or, or I would say it as a throwaway comment, but it was like so incredible. The people are so nice. Everybody was really nice. But like we, we, we spent a little bit of time giving a little shit to the Midwest and giving a little shit to Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, I'm still going to give some shit to the Midwest. But, hey, hats off. Kansas as hosts, yeah. people were incredibly nice. There was actually, People were asking, like, how you doing? Like, yeah. do you need any help getting around? Like, not 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 employees. Like, yeah. people just, like, helping us out. Like, do you have a good time, yeah. etc. And there was a good bit of Villanova representation, which was really neat to see. I frankly didn't expect anyone to be there. We saw actually a lot of faces that that we knew, which was really cool. We actually saw we got recognized, mm-hmm. which was great. Yeah, by people we didn't know. Yeah, yeah. We have friends of the pod who we saw. Yeah, and they're but, like, "Hey, love the pod." We're we like, had we had friends of the pod who we didn't know. So, gentlemen who said we love your pod, we still don't know who you are, but thank you. No, the gentleman who saw us, I want you to tweet at us or yes. Instagram us Let at us the full forty. Are. We are going to send you a T-shirt. And <laughs> to confirm, we are doing T-shirts. Yes, we're working with Nova Insider to do a special full forty Nova Insider T-shirt on the website. We're doing it. So, so we will do it. We have a segment of free T-shirts that we will give out. The the guys who came up to, I'm going to call out a couple people. If you came up to Rob and complimented his Archie Diacono jersey. Which we'll get to in just a minute. Yeah, we're going to get there in a second. And if you were the ones who came up to us and said, that, hey, great list, love the pod, etc., please tweet at us. We want to hear it. Yeah. We'll get you a free T-shirt. Totally. And everyone from last year who we promised in the past. Yeah, get we, free we got at least three T-shirts from last year we have to send out. Yeah. Totally. So everyone, those we, people. We know here. who you are. Yeah, we know who you are. We got it. It's coming. And trust me. It's going to be worth the wait because the stuff you would have gotten last year was going to be shit. Whether Chris designed it or I designed it, it still wasn't going to be any good. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It was horrible. It was, it was bad on all accounts. So, look, we love the experience. Fog Island Fieldhouse, absolutely electric. Obviously, we wanted the win coming away from this. We didn't get the win. Selfishly, Chris and I had a great time at the game and would highly recommend it to anybody. I don't know if I'd recommend Lawrence to anyone, maybe during the, like, early fall when there are a bunch of students around and it's probably warmer but that said we had a good time absolutely so quick shout so uh, rob just to finish this up yeah rob wore a ryan archie diacono we've talked about this in the past he bought the ryan archie diacono city jersey he which which by the way is a jersey that the if you don't follow the nba 
the city jersey is basically a special edition edition jersey that the NBA teams wear a handful of times. Just to pay tribute to their hometown. Yes. And so the the Chicago one may be the best of them all. It's because it's got the Chicago flag with the four stars and the light blue stripes. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Right. So Rob wears this. I so for the record, I want to go on the record and say. I think Ryan Archie Diacono has this jersey. I have, obviously, a replica of this jersey. I don't think anyone else has purchased this jersey. Yeah. So Rob wears... This is an argument that we've gotten into a lot. Rob wears this jersey. No no undershirt, no sleeves, etc. So yeah. he just wears it... Uh, look, and, and, and I just think that looks ridiculous. He thinks it looks I don't like... I, I see, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like wearing jerseys, period. I'm not a big fan of wearing another guy or a girl's jersey on your back unless it's your son or something like that. Or Ar- daughter. Ar- but like Ryan Archiacono is my son. So. <laughs> he didn't know that, but he is. Yeah, if he was your son, he'd be five three, not six three. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so true. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. So anyway, so Rob's wearing this jersey and I'm thinking, man, he looks like a douche. No, no, We're no. gonna get called wait, out. Wait. We had we had a conversation on Slack um, earlier this week. And I was like, I'm wearing my Arch jersey. And Belotti's like, you can't wear that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be horrible. Yeah, he looks like a tool. It looks it like, like a tool. So, so I'm like, I don't care. I'm wearing it. So what did I get? Four? Yeah, Rob got four or five compliments on the jersey. And I'm sitting there like... Un- unprompted. Random, unprompted. Random people. Not asking for it. I swear. Like, I got to be honest. It happened. I'm sitting there with my head in my hands just like... You gotta be fucking kidding me! Because now Rob's emboldened. Now oh, he's gonna wear a jersey ab- to every game. Absolutely, ever. And he's wearing this jersey all the time. He's yeah. wearing this more than Archie Diakono's wearing the jersey. That's actually probably true. And the best part was there were a couple Nova fans who definitely came up to us and were like, "That's an amazing jersey. Definitely appreciate it." There were also a couple non-Nova people, yeah, who were like, "Terrific jersey." Yeah, I was loved like, it. <sighs> so this killed me. I won that one. Yeah, you did. Should we close it out on that? Yeah. So this is the end of part one. Part one? Of a two-part podcast. I need more liquor. Yeah. We're going to keep drinking. Jesus. And we'll see how the next podcast goes. So thanks for listening. And as always, let's let's go go Nova. Nova.